Hello and welcome to the first episode of Talking Cop from Bankers for Net Zero. I'm Naomi Kerbel and you're joining me on the ground in Sharm El Sheikh, where business leaders, policymakers, activists and artists have come together to take action towards achieving the world's collective climate goals. We're recording this in the green zone, so you can hear a little bit of background noise, so excuse us for this, but we are live, which is one of the main pavilions, and we're surrounded by a wide range of organisations, from business to fashion to academia and to art. And I'm on the Bankers for Net Zero stand. P9, if you're around, do drop by. And I'm joined by the Chief Executive of Bankers for Net Zero, Heather Buchanan. Hi, Heather. Hello. So, first impressions of COP this year. (sighs) It's taken us a couple of days to get going on the ground, it's fair to say, but everything's falling together and we've got our first day. From the very beginning, we've had really interesting people stopping by, some banks from Israel, we've had S&P stop by, we've had just a really interesting group and yes, I'm really excited about the days ahead. And we think it's opening up properly tomorrow, right? Yes. Okay, brilliant. And lots of events which I'll tell the listeners more about and how to find out shortly. So Banks for Net Zero is the first ever country chapter of the UN Convene Net Zero Banking Alliance. How did the organisation come about? So it was originally just an initiative and we thought about it in 2019 and it was was meant to last for a year in the run-up to COP26 but obviously with the pandemic one year turned into two years and during that time we were really heavily involved with UNEPFI who were on our steering committee and the cabinet office because the UK was hosting COP26 at the time. So by the time that GFANS and the Net Zero Banking Alliance was was announced in April 2021, we were announced as the first country chapter in the world. So at that point, we really moved from being a one-off initiative into a longer-term programme. And so what are you hoping to achieve from COP this year? Is it all about implementation for 2024, for COP28, or are there particular goals you're hoping for? First and foremost, it's really showing the work that's going on the ground. So our entire purpose is turning commitments into action. The banks have made some very ambitious commitments last year at COP26. There's a lot of work that goes on internationally in this, but one of the key commitments was around decarbonizing their loan books and their financed emissions. And what that actually means for you and for me, it means that now if you've got a mortgage, your bank's responsible for the carbon footprint of your house. That really, really does make quite a difference and creates quite a big challenge. So we take those commitments and look at them almost on a sector-by-sector basis, look at the regulatory, the legislative structure in the UK, identify where the blockers are, progress and also what are the enablers that we can really get finance moving and working to its maximum potential. So tell me about some of those blockers and how Bankers for Net Zero is facing those challenges. So one of the core areas we're looking at is in retrofits in our built environment. We've got a very cold, wet and damp country and a lot of single glazed uninsulated housing. So it's a substantial challenge to actually engage with homeowners businesses to inspire them and support them in actually insulating their homes and and retrofitting their their homes. This is an area where if we don't get it right, finance won't be able to support properly and we need to make sure that our homes are mortgageable in the future, let's face it. And it's an area of concern. And it's also an area where banks really don't have the locus to inspire behavioural change that's required. So that's the kind of stuff where we need policy intervention. So we get the banks together with the policymakers, with the regulators, with businesses, with the supply chain that would have to deliver that 
talk about all the common barriers we've got to actually making that a successful program in the UK and then engaging with government and with the relevant departments on how we can best make that transition and get the demand signals there that we need in order to, to get the finance flowing. One of the things I know that you're focusing on particularly in COP is the area of SMEs and I realise that SMEs risk losing large corporate customers unless they can report on their net zero emissions. What are you doing to help banks and in turn help banks to fund the SME transition? So this is a really interesting area. SME data is probably one of the bigger challenges that we've got. And banks are going to require their SME customers, any of whom have an overdraft or a loan, to report on their emissions. As things stand, there's not a standardised way of reporting. Things are done kind of top-down with estimates. So that's a problem the banks have. By virtue of the fact that banks have a problem, SMEs have a problem, they're going to need to report on this stuff, and it's not consistent. We're not even at this point comparing apples with apples. It's more like a tropical fruit salad. (laughs) Delicious but difficult. Yes, delicious but difficult. Yes, yeah, we need to get back to apples and apples on this one. And also, government and local authorities and the devolved governments in the UK have a problem in that they're trying to reach SMEs, but they're very time poor, they're a very disparate group, as everyone says, and how do you actually get SMEs properly engaged with this? So the, the project that we're working on now, and we've, we're working with a fantastic organisation, Icebreaker One, who rolled out open banking in the UK, to run this programme over the next couple of years where we look at how we can use open banking in order to capture the the basic scope one data that we require from SMEs in a way that's absolutely seamless for them, very easy. Banks get the information they need, SMEs get the information they need, but also because SMEs are obviously on their banking apps all the time or on their bank accounts all the time, how do we slowly build up a picture and get more information from them as time goes on with a view that we can signpost them to government initiatives that will help support them on their decarbonisation journey. So really trying to pull together one of the only commonalities that SMEs have, which is a bank account, and use that as a conduit for not only measuring but also supporting SMEs. And you've got some other great partnerships, particularly out here uh, in COP. Can you tell me a little bit more about those? Absolutely. We've got a fantastic team out here. So we've got Rewired Earth, and they are really working on identifying where the demand signals are. We will certainly have a a, a citizens that you can fill out to identify almost what people care about and try to get the market more aligned in that sense. We have Icebreaker One coming out. And again, they're very focused on the data element of things, how we build this program out. We have one of our kind of core delivery partners, James Vaccaro from the Climate Safe Lending Network. And another core partnership we have is with the British Business Bank. They're obviously very instrumental in rolling out any programs that support SMEs in the UK, so we're delighted to have them on board. Within our wider network, we've got 15 banks, we've got all the big four accountancy firms, academia, we work with government departments, regulators, we've got a very, very large group at WWF, E3G, and the whole idea is that we can de-risk big political decisions for policymakers by getting people from across the spectrum. Excellent. It's a lot of people, and I know that you you were mentioning the banks there. I know you've got the support of some pretty big players, Barclays, HSBC, Santander, Handels Bank and Triadas, Tide, it goes on and on. You already mentioned the British Business Bank. In terms of what you want to see from this COP, 
Is it about this COP or is it about the next one? Is this one implementation and we're going to see something bigger, better, greater in 2023 in Dubai? Well, absolutely. And the plan is with this programme to, to be at a point where we pilot the, the SME project in the UK. We partnered up with the OECD on this. And the OECD have a, an SME platform. And the idea is that if we can get the pilot right in the UK, it's something that can get, can get rolled out internationally. And so, we, But we hope by COP28 that we'll have that pilot well and truly underway. Great. And Heather, from your perspective, and this is a question I'm going to ask every single one of my guests on Talking COP, what are you individually doing to make a difference? And what's the one recommendation you would give the audience listening about what they can do to make a difference? So long as we don't forget that every financial decision that you make, if you're putting £100,000 in your bank account or £100 in your bank account, it all actually cumulatively makes a difference. So I think people do probably underestimate the, the amount of power they have as consumers as well and consumers of, of financial products to influence change within their own financial institutions, whether that's with your pensions or just your day-to-day -day banking. Great. Power to the people. Thank you very much, Heather, and very good luck this week. Thank you. Bankers for Net Zero will be hosting a programme of thought-leading events at COP27 at Stand P9 in the Green Zone, or you can follow them via their website, bankersfornetzero.co.uk, and go to the COP-specific page. And subscribe to this podcast to get episodes of Talking COP as soon as they drop, oh, that rhymed, on the ground here at Sharm El Sheikh. You've been listening to Talking COP from Bankers for Net Zero.